Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800 657 4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online to agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving higher. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. I got a pretty exciting guest on here. Something I came across not too long ago and I it kind of baffles me that I didn't think about it beforehand, but guest is Craig Gansel and he is from uh, FarmWave and Craig was nice enough to come on and talk about what's going on there. The idea of AI and farming is getting to be a bigger and bigger deal. So, so Craig, I appreciate you taking time to be on the podcast, man. Oh, Casey, thanks for having me. I, I'm, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. So Craig, before we get started, let's just talk about your background, where you grew up, kind of how you got to where you're at today. Yeah. So, uh, not a farm kid. <laughs> yeah, you and me just, both got something just, common. Just be honest. Uh, I, I grew up in uh, eastern Pennsylvania, right uh, a town called Bethlehem. Most notably, mm-hmm. people know Bethlehem Steel Corporation. Sure. Uh, so I'm a steel kid. Uh, grew up right, you know, real close to New Jersey, right between New York City and Philadelphia. And um, uh, yeah, I went in the military straight out of high school. Uh, did that for eight years was going to do it for life, but they found a problem with my heart. So after eight years, they're like, you're done, go home. And then I started working at Verizon. I was in telecom for 15 years. Uh, you know, all kinds of engineering, routing, switching, Cisco certification, like kind of hardware yeah. tech stack stuff. And, sure. um, you know, started my own company while I was still at Verizon building Wi-Fi networks on large scale, high density stuff. So 
college campuses, schools, put Wi-Fi over a small city center to test IoT, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and then got involved with some work that Google uh, was doing at Google X with, if you remember, Google Glass. Sure. And yep. uh, yeah, connected with a guy here in Atlanta named Bruce, who is like, still a good friend today. And we uh, looked at some applications in ag because he was a farm kid from Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, and we took it to a John Deere developers conference and just kind of, I saw a, I saw an avenue where people were asking questions uh, about the device and things that they thought were important to do with it, right? Use their voice, take a picture, hands-free, send it to somebody. And not being a farm kid, I'm like, why would you do that? And it was really, in that conversation was really about crop scouting, right? Like right. looking at disease pests, that kind of thing, taking a picture, sending it to somebody. And I was like, well, what if you took a picture and it just told you what you were looking at? Um, and that's kind of how it all started. So originally we first built an AI to to look, to work on Google Glass and look for disease and pests and weed pressure and like count tomatoes on a vine or grape clusters on in a vineyard or mm-hmm. kernels on an ear of corn. And that was the one that we repurposed in 2019 and looked at how do we put this on machinery and started learning about harvest loss from farmers, those that do it, those that don't, those that sometimes do it, <laughs> uh, sure. you know, how long it takes, what's involved. And we thought, what if we put camera sensors on the combine, uh, on the header and the combine, so not just combine loss, but header loss as well, and literally count the kernels in real time and yep. tell a farmer how much they're losing and where it's coming from on the machine. And that's kind of how, that's where FarmWave is today. Yeah. So the header loss part of it is, <clears throat> excuse me, the header, header loss part of it is one of those deals where you hear people talk about it, but you never really think about it much and you kind of just like how much is coming out of the back of the machine how much are we losing there and the idea of 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 coupling those two things together where you're managing the front and the back of the machine and the loss of stuff that comes through it is is i mean i just i can't believe i didn't even correlate those two things together until i started watching your videos here but it makes a lot of sense how much grain loss that you're seeing from the back of the machine but i mean how much are you losing before you even get to the machine and that that's such a, a key part to your technology yeah, it's uh, and it's dependent on crop, right? Like sure. better loss, better in beans, um, and even in wheat, um, seeing like full heads, mm-hmm. full head loss in wheat. Corn, kind of tough, right? There's a lot of trash, and unless you have a ton of loss, which we have some case studies that that's happened. They, there was a lot of loss on the header because they were either chopping too low, they were getting a ton of shatter, whatever it might be, and it'll pick that up. But uh, you know, it, it there currently is no other loss detection on the header uh mm-hmm. the existing sensors and combines really focus on the, the combine loss uh and so here we're able to to look at both in in multiple crops yeah and that's the uh that's what i like about your product is that it's not corn centric soybean centric you know whatever it's, you have a, a broad base of stuff that's out there and if you look at the crop models that you have available right now you have soybeans peanuts um and peanuts is a weird one because that's uh, that's such a tough one because you you know a lot of AI they're having trouble trying to differentiate it between a dirt clod and a and an actual peanut shell and that that's such a integral part. So looking like just I'm on that one. Let's just talk about that for a minute. So how how are you programming your machine to tell that where other people are having such an issue with that? Yeah, well, on peanut harvesters there is no loss technology today. So yeah. header and rear 
very similar like method to looking at like the crop like we do um, row crops um, it's it's looking so peanuts it's two stage right because they go through mm-hmm. on the digger and they turn them over to dry them out um, and and when they turn them over anything that breaks off the branch and, and falls out into the, the row they won't get that when the harvester comes through so that's the first identification of loss then when they go through and harvest anything that they don't pick up that's left behind that's that's loss as well um so can we sometimes pick up like the broad side of a peanut shell and it's just the shell and not the actual peanuts sure that that could happen uh same thing with it coming out of the rear uh but it it doesn't happen that often and you know that's where i think it's it's having an understanding of what ai is doing for you as far right. as a validation and accuracy, right? If you're looking for, if you're looking for uh, a validation of, well, the very spot that FarmWave took a picture, I want to go back and hand count. And if I hand count and look at the picture, and FarmWave's off by three kernels, and I just go, oh, FarmWave doesn't work, mm-hmm. then you're kind of looking at it all wrong. It's 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 not about that. Um, it's about how many times an acre can you do a hand count? Because we do it 144 times an acre, 12,000, 20,000 a day. Right. Right. It's it's about on our UI seeing those trends. And if you see loss going up, 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 you've got a problem. Make a change and it should go back down. You know, and in peanuts, because it's 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 much bigger than corn and soybeans, mm-hmm. right? So the AI never thought I'd say this. The AI became the easy part. Like <laughs> right. but but Peanuts are bigger, so we, we can see them pretty good. And, and, and right. we're starting to also differentiate between um, and the regular peanut that'll, that'll be the shell with two peanuts inside versus like an aborted one that is just, it's just one. It almost looks like a perfect circle. Yeah. Okay. So then you got it for cotton, corn, soy, or sorry, corn, and then wheat as well. And you're, you're working on a few other ones. And so I read some of your case studies before coming on this and 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 uh the one that really stood out to me right now and you're still going through the production phase you're still trying to figure out how to make it work and and you're you know you're still doing your beta testing and all that kind of stuff but in cotton spotting trash in the field talk about that a little bit yeah i didn't know it was such a big problem (laughs) but but, uh the usda and and cotton inc um Mm -hmm. they they were telling us how like this is a multi-million dollar problem every year. And once they explained it to us, I was like, Oh, that totally makes sense. But it started out by, they literally have a, 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 a machine sort of like a vision AI kind of at a facility. It's in Tennessee somewhere. And it's like at the, at the gin level, it's looking for blue particles in the white cotton. And I was like, what's, what's blue Walmart bags. That's what's blue. And I'm like, really? And they're like, yeah, because, you know, there's thorns on the bowl when it opens in cotton, right? And so trash, wind, you got, right, big open fields, blows across, the bag gets caught, maybe deteriorates a little bit, but then that gets sucked up into the harvester. Mylar balloons, um, just all bags, you know, plastic bags, paper bags, that stuff gets pulled into the cotton uh, harvester. It gets rolled up in the bale in the back, and now that could actually like transfer to other 
cotton bales when you get to the gin, right? So it, 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 it gets mixed in and it's a, it's a simple object detection, right? Looking forward on the harvester before it, the harvester gets there sure. and alerting the driver, Hey, stop and get out. There's plastic bags, there's balloons, there's, you know, what, whatever it, it might be some kind of trash, uh, to pull it out of the way. We, we, we're also doing a yield monitoring loss, which is different where it's not counting anything like kernels or, or you know, like we do in corn and beans or, or peanuts. It's, it's looking at a percentage of material, percentage of mass left, left behind, letting the operator know, hey, you know, you've left maybe, I don't know, 20% of the cotton, I'm making it up, 20% of the cotton behind. Mm-hmm. Is it worth you know, the diesel to go back and run that field again, because they can run it again and try to pull more. Um, and, and that's something they'd never had before. They just sort of go through and be like, I don't know, I, I guess it looks good. And, and that's it. But the, the trash in the front was another, uh, another big one. That's a pretty, that's actually a, another thing I've never, never thought of either too. Cause when you get done harvesting a cotton field, it looks like there's about as much cotton in the field still there as there is inside the machine. And right. to your point, going back and, and taking a look at that, and are, are you getting everything that you can get out of that field um, and letting you know, hey, this is how much there you you make the decision. That's that's a pretty that's a pretty innovative thing. I mean, you think about that a little bit. That's that's a <clears throat> that's a lot of of crop left out there, a lot of money left out there that right. um, you can make that decision as the juice worth the squeeze. That's and that's never been available before. That's pretty yeah, good. And, and, you know, cotton's a big crop down here in Georgia. Sure. And you're seeing that a lot, a lot of farmers, they, they outsource the, the cotton harvesting because uh, John Deere is the only one that makes a cotton harvester that I, that I know of. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty expensive, right? It's not like mm-hmm. others where you change the head. It's a specific machine yeah. and they're really expensive. So uh, the gin, gin started taking over. The harvesting so they get contracted they come out and they they do the harvesting so for them it's it's even more uh you know important to to look at garbage trash material mm-hmm. coming in you know are we getting it all that kind of stuff yeah yeah all right so talk a little bit about the hardware i watched some of the videos you had on your website guys go check this out it's farmwave.io go check that out uh and you can get all this information that we're talking about here but when you're looking at uh the hardware that you have to mount on this stuff talk a little bit about that hardware and kind of what that system looks like as a whole that's the worst part of our business (laughs) (laughs) like the hardware's i never thought i would say this right when we started out building this this project this company that the ai would be the easy part but that's where we are today the ai mm-hmm. has actually become the easy part the hardware is really difficult for us we don't manufacture our own stuff it's been off the shelf um we we work with a really good camera company we, we found a really good camera company uh that they do some other stuff in ag i think their cameras are used by sabanto uh, and some others but they've made a camera specifically for us and that works that works well you know but it's it's retrofit right now, so it works on any make model combine from the first one ever made to the last one that came off the the line, you know, this morning. It's and everything in between, so it's completely standalone, uh, which has its its positives and, and negatives, right? It's um, that means anybody can buy it, put it on their own equipment, but you've got so many different make model machines and combinations with headers, and then how do you get power and and a lot of things that is not 
been in our wheelhouse. And uh, that's been a challenging part. But it's two cameras on the back side of the header looking down at the ground, one camera in the rear of the machine, typically on the axle. Depends if you've got a cloth or a deer or a case. But typically, it's on the axle looking up at the spreader chopper area. Uh, and that's catching grain in flight before it hits the ground. And the header ones, as I said, are looking at the ground, counting grain on the ground. And um, they're taking pictures every three seconds, and they're telling you on a touchscreen display in the cab, you know, about how much you're losing and where it's coming from on the machine. Yep. Uh, they're not they're not in perfect sync, so they're not all three taking a shot at the same time. They're just all every three seconds. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it works at the edge. Does not need to be connected to, to the internet. So, all the numbers that you see are averages. They're they're all just averages and estimations. When we say you're losing about two, three bushels per acre, it's it's an average because commodity prices are changing constantly. So that number that we have in there is just you know the latest fixed number that was programmed in from when the system was online right. and and pulled that data. So it's it's all estimates and it's meant to be that way. Um, more often than not, when farmers actually do the math, we're actually underreporting. It's usually more lost than we're actually reporting. Because you also have, you know, if you have a 50-foot head and we only have a camera on each side, each one taking a three-foot by three-foot, like, area. Yeah, um, there's a lot that's not And there's more in the middle that we're not, we're not actually capturing, right? And right. the camera out the back, if it's only taking a picture every three seconds, well, then, you know, in between, you're... So, so it, it's it's underreporting, and it's usually more um, mm-hmm. than what you see. But uh, you know, it installs in about hour, hour and a half, two hours depends. Um, you know, it's it's really just uh, you run some cables, connect to power. There's multiple different ways. Some people have gotten bigger, you know, big inverters, and they plug in that way. Other people have said, "No, nah, I'm just going to cut the cables and." put this right into the power panel which is the most stable and that's you know the, the best way to do it um but it's hardware has been a challenge for us right we're, we're very focused on the ai and the software sure. but uh you know a couple of years ago people were like well prove that it works right well how do you prove it without putting something out there to sense it right sure. so, absolutely so we did that and then people were like oh well i want one so yep. that's where how we got here but yep. hardware sucks so <laughs> so i got you brought up one thing in there when you were talking about it. It's one of my favorite things to talk about because I am at, I used to be, <clears throat> about a year ago, I was on the, you know, technology is now at a point now where it's going to start picking winners and losers, right? Because at the time, there were retro kits out there, but they weren't necessarily that widely available. And maybe even like two years ago, they weren't even, I mean, they were there, but they weren't wildly available like you see them now. And now I'm at the point where I think, technology now is going to be <clears throat> at a point where um, just about anybody will be able to go get a retro kit of some sort, right? Whether that's whatever that is. And, and what you have here is that, is that very thing. Like you just said, you can take it from the very first combine ever made to the one that just rolled off and everything in between. And it, it doesn't need to be any kind of crazy, whatever canvas system or any of that kind of thing. You just need to be able to get power and make it work. I guess as you're as you're looking at the future of farm wave and, and how you start going down that path, how do you think your system and the retrofit kind of you know phase? I don't want to call it a phase because it's not a phase. A retrofit uh, 
kind of generation that we see coming down the pike here. How do you think that's going to fit into that, and, and where do you see it going from here? I I think that we I think that FarmWave is is perfectly positioned right now uh, for that market. We we've heard in a lot of conversations whether it be farmers, dealers, even even the big OEMs. Uh, you know, some of the big OEMs that are putting new technology into their machinery, their thought process is it's going to take us t- till we get our new tech rolled out into the marketplace by a new machinery sales. It's going to take a decade or more. Right. Right. Yep. And to your point, yep. technology is at, at, at a, a point today where it's like you can get a retrofit and, and put it on there after the fact. Um, mm-hmm. we, we are working on harvest loss. We actually started doing stuff, like I said earlier, with Google Glass and then mobile devices looking at disease, pest, weed pressure. So we have all of that that still sits on the shelf that can be applied to sprayers. Now there's other people doing that in the sprayer in in that market. But Mm -hmm. disease, pest, weed pressure, plant count, stand count. We did a a case study on droplet size, drift. Uh, You know, we've, we've looked at things on planters, seed spacing, orientation as it goes in the ground. I mean, there's a, a long road ahead of us if we were going to try to tackle it all, and, and I don't know that we will. It's just sort of one thing at a time for us. But I think I think you're right. I think we're going to see a lot more uh, retrofit aftermarket technology to put on machinery. I think some of your latest acquisitions was just a couple weeks ago. Agco announced the 85% uh Trimble's ag assets well, that they trim, acquired, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Case with, with Raven, and mm-hmm. um, and they just announced uh, acquiring some somebody else in the specialty crop arena. So uh, a lot of these retrofit things, I, I think, are, are certainly making their way into the marketplace, and uh, especially in today's current economic climate, yeah. interest rates. I don't know that anybody's going out buying a brand new combine for the technology if they can retrofit an existing combine sure. with it, you yeah. know, I mean, we get asked a lot about, well, c- could you do this or could you do that or this or that with your AI? The answer is just about always. Yeah. How much time and money do you have? Right. I mean, right. I think that's where tech is as a whole today, not just agriculture, yeah. just as a whole, we can yeah. probably make something happen. Um, but it's just, what's it going to take to get there? Yeah. And is there value in it? <clears throat> Yeah, and that's the uh, that's the part of it is was what you're what you're doing is that juice worth the squeeze at the end of the day when you really have that, that conversation about the time and the effort that you're putting in there. And I think that you brought up a good point too, <clears throat> as I look at technology. You have you have some companies that are have been widely versed in technology for a long time, like John Deere, for example. They've been building their technology portfolio for the past twenty you know twenty or thirty years. You know, depending on when you want to count what starts with what, but. <clears throat> as you take a look at the overall spectrum now with the way robotics and AI and all these um, different functions, machine learning, these different things all start coming into play. If a company really wanted to jump in and take off and run kind of like to your point, there's a lot of acquisitions that can be made to where they can be on a, a similar path, a similar level um, as, as some of these, you know, portfolios that we've seen being being built and as you take a look at like the Trimble situation or the Raven situation where and I'll use Raven as a good example of that where Raven's at from a, a, a an AI perspective and from a an automation uh, 
perspective. As soon as they get the, the part of the hard part about all this is that once you start getting all the ingredients to make the stew that you want to that you want to eat, you got to put it all together, and then you got to get it incorporated, and you got to start then sending it back out to the masses. Raven and Trimble both are a very common thing in in, in the ag space. Yeah, um, that's not like it's anything new. The only difference is is the dealer channel and how the dealer channel works with what's out there, and I think that's going to be the the stalling point when you start looking at how does this stuff when these acquisitions are made, how are these, um, how, how do you get that stuff disseminated out and how do you build a culture around, you know, this is that and thing. And I think that's the, that's the tough part. But once, you know, once you start diving into that and you start going and making these acquisitions, you're, you're getting yourself to be on a similar playing field to some of these really developed out, um, things that you're seeing. And I think, you know, Craig, as I look at your product, I see that that's one of those things that are out there. I mean, you have, you're basically doing the same thing that, for example, like the camera systems on uh, inside of a deer combine when you're looking at how it's adjusting for trash and those kind of things and it's automatically adjusting those those componentries inside there. Um, you're you're doing the same thing. And I guess the other question I had for you was from a camera perspective, like you're talking about your 50-foot head thing, is there is there a limit to the number of cameras that you can put on your system? Yeah, it's 10 right now. Ten. Um, but you know, those are, again, those are just hardware limitations at the moment. Sure. Uh, you know, if, if, if somebody were to come along and say, you know, Hey, we wanted to acquire FarmWave and we wanted it for the AI, you know, or the software, but wanted to throw your, throw our hardware overboard and integrate it into their machine. Yeah. It, it, you can totally do that. Like you, mm-hmm. you could, you know, um, we think we have pretty good cameras. It, it would depend be dependent upon what kind of cameras they're they're looking to use. But you know, everything else is, yeah. You could just throw our stuff overboard and, and integrate it into your into your stuff. So, um, and I think I think that's that's where it'll go. As if we see you know acquisitions, like you said, Casey, in those, yep. in those the space, um, that's where it's going to go. It's okay. So so and so acquired this company. Now they need to integrate their tech into the rest of their tech stack um, mm-hmm. so that it, it all, you know, works together. That's totally doable. I, I think it just takes a little bit of time to, to make all that happen. Yeah. So this is my, <clears throat> this is my last question for you here. And this is my, get your crystal ball out and tell me what the future <laughs> looks like. But as you're looking at AI, I mean, AI to me is, it, I, I never really took much interest into it until chat GPT came around and you could ask questions and it would just like, just come at you with all the different stuff, you know, and, um, you know, you're looking at stuff like scene spray and, and those similar technologies that are out there and how it's using that, that machine learning function to go from there. As you look at AI right now, I mean, obviously the limitations are, there's no limitations, right? You can just, it'll, I can't see anything out there yet. That's that point says, Hey, this is, this is the limit of AI, right? <clears throat> I think, so as you're looking at, at, AI and, and how it goes into farming, and then we start looking at autonomous machinery and those kind of things. What's your vision of that future look like in for AI and farming? I I think it will be I think it will be very prominent um, because uh, you know we all know that, that succession, labor, all a problem sure. in, yeah. in in agriculture and other industries, but but yeah. certainly in agriculture. And so 
this is a great opportunity for AI to assist. AI-assisted technologies. You're right. There, there's really like no limitations on where we could go with different AI in, in agriculture. But I think expectations need to be set. It's not perfect. Even chat GPT is not perfect. No, it's you not. know, it came out yeah. and then yeah. you know, Microsoft announces they're putting all this money in order or whatever. And the next thing you know, the internet is just full of people trying to punch holes through it and break it. And they ask it very simple questions that it got wrong, right? And it it happens. If mm-hmm. your if your expectation of AI is that somebody cooks up some if this then that statement and it's perfect, man, you got to reset your expectations, right? See and spray, you know, harvest loss, whatever it is, we got a ways to go before it's perfect and it's it's at a level of accuracy where it's fully autonomous where we can step away as humans i think today you still need to you still need to babysit it right because even our stuff we've told people all the time it's not perfect you you should be looking at that monitor that's why we put the graph in the ui uh is because it's watch that graph if your counts are, are going up and up and up you have a problem you know either left or right side of the head or rear of the machine make some adjustments and watch it go down. If instead they're going like tapping on every single picture going, oh, well, I count 18 kernels. It only counted 16. It's wrong. We never said it was going to be 100% like that. (laughs) um, And and I think that's an expectation that needs to be set. So I think it's, I think we're looking at for the next decade or so, it's it's really, you know, assisted AI. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. It's it's assisting us in, in those tasks. But again, uh, right. We do 144 or more counts per acre, 12,000 to 20,000 counts in a day. Nobody's doing that by hand. Right. So that's how it's sure. assisting you because yeah. you don't have to stop now. You don't ever have to stop and get out to count yeah. or drop pans or whatever. You just go. And we've got some customer testimonials of people who have done just that change the fan speed, do this or that. Now, if it's a mechanical change on the head or something, sure. You may have to stop and get out and make that mechanical right. change but um as you said getting to a point in the future where um now they're the ai can make those adjustments for you um mm-hmm. but you still have that feedback loop to the operator to know that hey i'm making this change or that change because it's yeah. all xyz um and and i you know i don't think anybody has or will have a perfect ai for quite some time or maybe yeah. ever because we as we as humans are are not perfect, right? It was, right? It's like it's like uh if you were looking for farm wave harvest loss detection to be perfect, then why do we even have farm machinery? Because there's not a single combine out there that gets every kernel. There's not a right. planter out there that puts every seed in the ground at the right spacing and orientation right. that you want it. No sprayer gets just the plant perfectly every single time. Mm-hmm. Right. So and so if you were to take all that away and we went back and did everything by hand, guess what? Humans make errors too. No yep. one would pick, you know, you get 10,000 people in the field, go back and look, you're going to find kernels on the ground. It's, mm-hmm. There's just nothing is perfect, right? So um, I think whether it's agriculture, manufacturing, all kinds of industries, uh, sure, we want to strive for perfection and make things as accurate as possible. But I think all of that is still uh, in the works because the data 
and the intelligence to make the eye portion of AI, right? The artificial, it's mm-hmm. all derived from human intelligence. Right. So how many thousands of years do we have to go back from our existence of human intelligence and get that in to machines? And we as humans still disagree with each other. So who's to say what's right or wrong, right? I, right. I, I just don't think it's going to be a, a level of perfection. So yeah. I think it's it's all about AI-assisted and, and those levels of autonomy where you can you can, you know, have it help when there's labor shortages and so on, which is a funny thing because everybody was so worried for the longest time, like, AI is going to take my job. What job? Nobody shows up to work anymore. Like, nobody's working. So <laughs> what job are you worried about AI taking? Right. Like, right, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so I, I, I think, you know, even, even chat GPT, yeah, you can have it write lines of code for you and stuff, but uh, you still need somebody to do QA. Did it get right. the code, the, the lines of code right? Like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. You still have to, because uh, when I, I'll mess around, I'll mess around with my kids and stuff, and it'll be stuff will pop up there all the time, and it'll be right, right about every, every 10, you know, every whatever, 25 or 30 things we do, you know, you get that one like this, what is this? And then, yeah. you know, but the rest <laughs> of us are all right, you know, but it's that one or two things that you pop up that are just like wildly wrong that you're trying to figure yeah. out. Or and, it does, you know, it doesn't, or it's, doesn't want to answer the question, you know what I mean? Right. Those kind of things too. And and that's just on something like chat GBT, right? Yeah. So in agriculture, the importance level is even higher, right? Sure. You're looking yep. at harvest loss or, or, or putting down fertilizer or, or spraying or whatever. There's real money involved to farmers. So we want to, we got to make sure that we, we try to get it right. And I think this is why you're going to, why it's going to be a long time before we see a lot of AI in healthcare, right? Because yeah. now, now you've upped the risk and the stakes. Mm-hmm. You know, something happens in agriculture and a plant dies. Something happens in healthcare and could be a person. Right. So there's there's just a good a good ways to go, in my opinion. Yep, I agree with you. Well, Craig, I love this conversation, man. I could talk about this stuff all day. So if folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what you're doing, what's what's the easiest way to get a hold of you and, and over at Farmway? Uh, just there's a contact form on our website. You fill that out. Um I'm on I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm not very active. I'm really on Twitter for agriculture. So right, yeah. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, or LinkedIn, but mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, um, hit us up on our website, fill out the form, and you know, we'd love to help in any way we can, or you know, talk about what we can do for right on. For that is farmwave.io, right? That's the best. Yep. That's the best place to go. Okay, yeah. Yep. So that's check it. that out, farmwave.io, and you can get all the information there. So Craig, appreciate you taking time, man. Thanks, Casey. Thanks right. for having me. Appreciate right it. On. Right on. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC, LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast. Go see the video version of this over at the YouTube channel, which is Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel, and see all things Moving Iron related at movingironllc.com. Got a couple of big announcements coming out here over the next couple of months, as well as a new website that should be up hopefully by the end of the year. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Craig Gansel. Smooth Iron folks, out. When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, 
We have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving higher in the 21st century.